Asian Pop Nation on Sin 90.7. That was Home by Trash, and before that was Rubber Dumb by Tribe. And you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. Welcome to our show for tonight. We've got a lineup of some awesome discussions with Aaron, Celeste, John Paul, and myself, Senya, the EP. We are going to be talking about some sad news that happened within the manga community about the death of a very famous and much beloved manga artist. We're also going to be we're also going to be chatting about BTS's latest English single, as well as some many more news in the beauty pageant and science world. But up next is a song by Bader Al Shuabi and Alexa called "Is It On?" because because you better check whether your speakers are on because we're going to get some discussions and music blasting through them tonight. So keep it here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin. Hey, you're listening to Asian Pop Nation. The first song we played in that row was an epic collaboration from Saudi Arabia and Korea. That was "Is It On" by Bader Al Shuaibi and Alexa. After that was Kimberly's "Ni Shi Bu Shi Yo Jian Dong Xin," and after that was Pixies' "Let Me Know" because. We're going to talk about some things that we didn't know, actually, about the latest discoveries in the science community within Singapore and Japan. So let's kick it off here on Sin. So we're going to kick off the show with some science news, starting off with Singapore, where some researchers have found a way of controlling Venus flytraps to close using electric signals from smartphones, with the hope that you know it'll be used for better purposes than closing and. Opening Venus flytraps, potentially using them in robotics or pulling them to be put on plants as environmental sensors, just to sense whether there's going to be potential diseases in the plants or abnormalities. But then we also heard that in Japan, an 11-year-old boy has actually challenged some common knowledge on rhinoceros beetles, which was originally believed to be only active at night, but with his research. He found that rhinoceros beetles actually gathered on his evergreen ash tree in his yard during the daytime, and so for two years he tried to figure out why they came to the tree during the day. And so he checked the tree every day and marked the beetles that gathered there so that he could identify them individually. And his research has actually been published in a U.S. ecology journal, which is crazy. I don't remember accomplishing anything that incredible at eleven. I was still. Watching and binging a lot of YouTube videos. <laughs> so, yeah, a lecturer at a university science faculty、um, actually helped advise him and translate his research. And for some reason, they met when the eleven-year-old Japanese boy asked him to check his school assignment. So I'm even more curious to know what on earth was he asking the university professor to look over because that's. Quite a leap from elementary school, but yeah. What do you? Does everyone think about this? Do you feel like we should have done science here in university? Or dude,、yeah. science rocks. Yeah, I mean, yeah, incredible. <laughs> I think that kid has a bright future. I'm excited to see where he goes. It, it reminds me of、um, there's this psychologist. He was、um, one of the first. People to really do stuff about like developmental psychology, like in children and stuff. His name's Piaget. I think he published his first paper, also like academic, when he was ten years old.、Mm. So yeah, I don't know. I think this kid's going places. Science、yeah. prodigy. Yeah, science prodigy. Yeah, Celeste,、so mm. Aaron, what do you think? Does it make you 
question pursuing science or not. <laughs> I question everything that's related to science, to be honest. <laughs> I'm not a um, science expert, but this could this could lead him somewhere in the future along the line. Yeah, absolutely. I'm curious to know what exactly he found out about these beetles. Yeah. I think it's, I'm not really well-versed in reading science academic <laughs> articles. Was it a long article you had to read through and they just never stated what he found out? I think it was, they attached it onto the news article that I saw. And it looks like that, it's like four pages. That includes references, I think. Well, it makes it, sense. He is still in elementary school. Like, you can't expect him to make a whole article. Um, yes, I do. I have <laughs> Oh, man. Is that the Asian expectations thing coming in? Or? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think it's because they were trying to differentiate or understand what they were doing on this particular tree because it's different to other rhinoceros beetles that appear on other trees. Yeah, why the beetles alter their activity patterns only when they feed on the introduced ash tree remains an open question. So they never really found the reason why, but I think it's led to some questions as to what oh, activity they were doing. Because the tree is not native to the area, the beetles are more active or like just drawn to this non-native tree and that's why they've just gone haywire with their yeah. whatever they're doing i don't know i just i hate reading scientific papers it's <laughs> yeah but i don't think they've answered the question but i read that the 11 year old boy is going to do some more research good on him so we'll definitely keep an eye out to see what else is in store for him you know it's like a step up from pokemon because he seems yeah. like one of the, um, oh was it Professor Oak? He's like Professor Oak. He just researches <laughs> beetles and yeah. If you enjoy reading scientific articles, you should probably check this one out. And yeah, if you are interested in letting us know what else is happening in the scientific world in Asia, let us know at Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You can find us at Asian Pop Nation and let us know there. Oh, you're here! You're listening to Asian Pop Nation on Sin. We played three back-to-back songs. The first one was by Andy Cho and Regan Seas, and that song was Gravity Duet. After that was Lisa, the legendary Japanese singer herself, and her song Letters to Me. And after that, we played Sella and Shin Sakura's Together, because someone we wish who was still together with us is Kentaro Miura. But JP is here to bring forward some of the sad news that we heard over the past week. So, on more somber news, uh, recently, Kentaro Mira, the author of Berserk, has passed away. Have you? Do you guys know what Berserk is? Yeah, I've, I've heard of it, but I've never watched or read it. Mm-hmm. How about you, Celeste? Oh, the same as any. I've heard of it, just never bothered to watch or read it because I like shoujo, and mm-hmm. that is clearly not shoujo. Yeah, that's it's really not shoujo. But you know, I think no, the fine. fact that you've even heard about it, I think, stands goes to show how big of a work it was. So I guess uh, for the uninitiated, Berserk is a long-running manga series, or was a long-running series, started around 1989, and it's a dark fantasy story set in a very rustic, medievalish setting. Very gory, very bloody, but if you read through it thematically, it's a very strong piece of work. Recently, we received news around, I believe, the 20th of May, 
that he had actually died a few weeks ago. On the oh. 6th of May, he died of a heart complication at the age of 54. Quite a young age for such a great mind to go. Wait, I mean, how old was he when he started Berserk? He must have been quite young. He was quite young, like around 20. 2019,18. Wow. He was like really, really big. Like, have you heard of the manga Hajime no Ippo, the one about boxing? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. He actually started around the same time as that. Both of those authors were actually friends.、Mm. They were friends in the way. So the Hajime no Ippo guy, he was going to start his work, right? But he really needed help and he needed some assistance to start up the manga. So he found Kentaro Mira, who was 18 at the time. He worked with him for like one year or so, but it was quite a short time. The reason he let Kentaro Mira go is because he was so good that he had nothing to teach him. Like, <laughs> like, why are you, like, what are you doing working for me? Like, make your own manga, man. Basically, at the same time, they started. Is it possible for the series to continue with another artist and author? It, it is possible because I believe Kentaro Mira, he did actually have a team. Like, he was training up a bunch of young. Young artists. We don't actually know whether or not it will continue. Possibly they could because he has trained them up pretty well. But besides that, the fate is uncertain. I personally wouldn't want it to continue because it won't really be his work anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. But yeah, just、uh, lots of sadness going around, you know, lots of、um, heartfelt emotions. I don't know how to say that. <laughs> <laughs> and have you read Berserk or watched the anime series? Dude, I've been caught up with it for、mm. like since I was, I started when I was 14. Like, I, I came across it and I went, there's no way such an edgy manga could exist. And then it did exist. And I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. Because, you know, I was 14, man. Come on. <laughs> yeah, I was 14.、Um, but yeah, I don't know. It's a very, it's a very moving story. Despite、mm. how gory it is, it's a thematically, I'd say it's about struggling to live. Wait, Aaron, have you watched and, and read it? Are you up to date? I've seen all three versions of Berserk. I played a bit of the games and I nearly caught up to date with the manga.、Mm. Mm. Yeah, he's on the same boat as me. Yeah, you get it,、yeah. Aaron? Boat. Was that a pun intended? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <It was intended. laughs> Whoever gets that reference, good on you, you know, boats. <laughs> I guess you can't really talk about Berserk without mentioning the dark themes. Yeah, I mean, everything is dark, man, but I mean, that's where the light shines. This is why I like Shoujo. <laughs> yes! Shoujo! <laughs> it's too light. Shoujo's too light and fluffy, man. You gotta read some Berserk. You gotta balance it out. You know, speaking of Shoujo, I'm Kentaro Mira. He actually said in a lot of interviews that he really likes Shoujo manga. Like, when it comes to like, studying on how to write stories, he reads Shoujo manga. What did、And、he get from it? I think he really likes how emotional things are. Like, he likes how there's a lot of interplay within relationships, character development. And you do see a lot of that in Berserk behind all the, all the blood and gore. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think is the most impactful arc of the series? Like, what do you think it was the moment that made Berserk like, really stand out for you the most when you read it? That's a, that's a big question. But I'd say.、Um, Okay, Zenyat Celeste, in case you don't know, just like all long running stories, right? They're always separated by arcs in a way. So, like, the first arc is they call it the Black Swordsman arc because it shows the main character being grown up and edgy, like, oh, he、uh, kills monsters and he's pretty sick. And then the next arc was called the Golden Age arc. And that's actually when、uh, you see like, his origins, where he、yeah. grew up. How、oh, he、man. grew up、yeah. and all the messed up things he saw. But I would say 
best arc be the Golden Age arc for me. Yeah. Man, I know that that arc got adapted twice in the whole run, like from the '97 and the Golden Age trilogy arc. Mm-hmm, yeah. But for me, my favorite arc has to go to the Lost Children arc, which is the arc after the Golden Age. The Lost Children. Oh, I forgot what that was. That was the the, fairy uh, the fairies and the yeah. forest, right? Yeah, that was messed up. Like when you see that arc, it feels like it's reminiscing to Gus's past before the Golden Age arc. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Like I felt that was like really good. And man, I it's I just went out spiral control. <laughs> yeah. Listen, man, it's hard to pick which arc is good in Berserk because they're all good. They're all good, even the boat one. <laughs> oh, the boat, the boat. <laughs> even the boat one. Okay, there is a point in the story where the characters get on a ship to make their voyage towards like this fairyland, right? But it was also around that time that a lot of the hiatuses started happening. And uh, that whole boat arc lasted us, I think, seven, ten years. So like nearly a decade on a boat. And that's where all the memes come from. Was it even a good arc or...? Uh, in retrospect, it's actually pretty fun. Some parts are a bit weird and silly, but like most of it's, you know, it's berserk. It's good. It's always good. He had a very long history of overworking himself. Yeah, like if you read a lot of his diaries, like day in and day out, he's just drawing and working. Like I think oh, there was a really depressing passage he wrote once. It was something along the lines of like, oh, this year I couldn't see the cherry blossoms in person again. Like that's how hard he worked. So, Did he um, always have sort of health complications? There was a couple, I think, I remember correctly. Yeah, probably, yeah. But I think over time, like... Just, Is that the reason for the hiatuses? We're not sure. Yeah. We're not sure. The big joke amongst the internet community is that he spends a lot of the hiatus just playing Idolmaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, he's playing Idolmaster in heaven now. So, you know, bless yeah. to Kenta Ramira. But yeah, I guess learn from his example. Take some rests. You know, like don't overwork yourself. Uh, whoever is listening to this, you know, take yeah, care of your body. Yeah, it just it just goes by quick. Like the greatest, one of the greatest manga legends. He just goes, you know, and uh, no, we weren't expecting it at all. So take care of your body. Take care of your body. Uh, take care of your friends and family. You know, life is a what's the word transient thing. Yeah, you got one life, so you may as well take care of it. You know, yeah. So. If you have any thoughts about Kentaro Miura, if you have any memories about Berserk and what it means to you as a person, leave some comments or let us know on our socials, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And yeah, take care. Life is precious. Go out, do those good things, but also don't overwork yourself, please. Yeah, rest in peace, Miura. This is Asian Pop Nation on Sin. The first song we played was Necronomi Idols, Santa Sangre. After that was Taiman's Advice. And the last song you just heard was Jace Chan's I Wish, because I wish, and I think a lot of us do, wish that we had heaps of money to spoil ourselves and our families. And that's exactly what these crazy rich Asian moms did. So let's hear from Celeste about what these moms did that shocked us. So another Mother's Day has long passed. Did y'all have a good Mother's Day? Y'all treated your mom? Yes. It was my birthday, so oh. I suppose... Yeah, no? Maybe? Bringing <laughs> um, <laughs> the dough in, Aaron. That's what your mom really wants. Yeah, that, that, that's the most important thing. I was making the dough too, unfortunately. <laughs> 
But yeah, we all talk about like, yeah, spoiling our mums. But have you heard of crazy rich Asian mums spoiling their children? Huh? I would not be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I know. There's a lot of crazy rich Asian mums out there who spoil their children ridiculous. And in particular, I was seeing from Christine Chu from Bling Empire. I haven't seen it, but the story goes that she spoiled her son by giving him toy cars which were of a what do you call this luxury brand cars yeah luxury um dressing him in like luxury brand clothes and spending so much money for his first birthday including like a roller coaster ferris wheel a 10 course meal and a claw grabbing machine filled with designer goods so who's feeling a little (laughs) like their first birthday wasn't that great Wait. I'm just surprised because he'll never remember. <laughs> Pretty sure it's going to have been an actual roller coaster because I don't think you can tailor design a roller coaster to fit a one-year-old child. So, yeah, I mean, that's crazy. What would anyone want to do if they were crazy rich for their children? Exactly that. <laughs> <laughs> it's not for the child, it's for me. Yeah, it's for me. Just got to show off to my friends as well, you know? <laughs> My big concern with this is that, like, you have this big, big birthday, right? What do you do with the next one? Yeah, it's only up from there. Yeah. Can't disappoint everyone. Always got a one up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's like some Dragon Ball Z stuff, you know? You have to keep on escalating. Like, what happens when he's uh, 14 or something, you know? Like, you sell him a whole planet. No, you gotta start with, like, an island first. Oh, yeah, an (laughs) island, and and then planets, and then galaxies. What do you think they did for the second birthday? Mm, What could you do next? (laughs) Close down, like, Disneyland? (laughs) Well, you know, it's a first birthday. The son's not going to remember it, so you just do the same thing until (laughs) he can think for himself. So, yeah. Yeah, no. (laughs) (laughs) What else, Chad? (laughs) I do. I have heard of stories where during COVID, because parents couldn't celebrate their kids' birthdays, they've gone all out the following year. I've heard some people spent ridiculous amount just, like, booking out tourist destinations just for the kids to, like, go on a safari ride or something. And it's just like, he's seven. Come on. <laughs> I'm not going to remember this. Mostly because I didn't get that when I was seven, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. My parents didn't let me have birthday parties until I was 16, I think. Oh, really? What? Yeah. Because I, my first, like my last birthday party was at the age of two, Ooh. two or two or three. And then, yeah, it was just like a period of no birthday parties. <laughs> oh my God. That sounds rough. I'm so sorry. No, I don't mind. <laughs> I still got presents. It's now become no presents, but birthday parties. So that's been good. Oh, I just want presents. Come on. <laughs> I don't need no party. Just give me the stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Well, yeah. Oh, sorry. Cool. <laughs> I, I was going to end it, but like, yeah. Would... What would be your everyone's dream birthday parties? Oh, that's so hard. With like, no money limit. I'd go overseas and just have a day of traveling and bring all my friends with me, you know? Yeah. yeah. Where would you go? To be honest, I'm not sure because, like, there's so many places I want to go to. But it's just so little time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would want to do a paintball in the forest. Mm. yeah paintball because uh i don't know i grew up playing like call of duty and stuff and yeah feels so cool yeah i kind of want to just lie down in the grass for like several hours straight shooting people with paintball guns and getting shot at as well yeah 
When I was in primary school, we did a laser tag, but it was in a forest. Oh. Which was a lot of fun because then you got, it was a bit like Capture the Flag. You hid your, this box. Uh, and so if you're the first one of the opposite team to get to the box and shoot it, mm. then you win as the team. And then there's like, you know, one-on-one variations of the game. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I, I love forests, man. There's something so primal about them, <laughs> you know, like, you know, you have laser tag thingos today, right? And they're mm. all inside and there are walls and everything. Like flashing lights. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like, you know, it's all designed, you know, you, you know, it's all, it's all fake. But then once you're in the forest, like that's when your monkey brain goes on. Like, <laughs> You, know? you pay money to go back to the forest. Like, yeah. what? <laughs> what what have we come to, man? What have we come to? Nature is free. Just go outside. Yeah. <laughs> is it though? Like now we have to pay to go into our forests and uh, do stuff. Oh man, capitalism. <laughs> am I right? Oh. How about you, Aaron? What's your dream birthday party? Fly to the moon. Oh, Whoa. that's a good one. But you're scared of heights. Oh no, I'm just making it up on the spot. Uh, and planes. <laughs> no, hey, but listen, when it comes to heights, right? If you're in space, there's no such thing as heights. Yeah, you went full or there's no gravity. So. Yeah. But then you have to come back and that's oh, another that's story. falling at the most <laughs> extreme level. Uh, I guess I could probably just do a cruise around the whole world. Hot air balloons. Would you do it in that? No. Uh, okay. Oh, fine. Go to the next best scene, if not trains. <laughs> oh, I can do a train all over the world. I didn't think of that. That would be cool. Yeah. All right. So let us know what you would do on your birthday if you had an unlimited amount of money to spend or if you've got any crazy rich mom stories. Let us know on facebook.com forward slash Asian Pop Nation or on Twitter and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. Hey, yo, it's Asian Pop Nation. You just heard Blush by Zomri. Before that was Business Boy by Hush featuring Nong Mil Kim and Blow. Before that was Sophie Wong featuring Alan and their song Uni. Now, going back to Blush by Zomari, another event that makes us blush is some of the beautiful contestants on Miss Universe 2020. Now, we've got some interesting insights into the pageant, which we hope you look forward to right now here on Asian Pop Nation on Sin. All right, John Paul, if you won Miss Universe, what would you do with the crown? With the crown? Yeah, not well, physically with the crown, but what would you do if you won the crown? I'd probably talk about world peace. <laughs> <laughs> I well, would too, world peace. <laughs> there was actually yeah, a, a joke in the Philippines, not about world peace, but about pageants. There was this pageant once where the contestant was asked, you know, how many islands are there in the Philippines? And then the contestant's like, is that high tide or low tide? And then it just became a gag. It's like, oh, so what would you do if you were Miss Universe? Like, is that high tide or low tide? Oh <laughs> my God, dude. Anyway, yeah. You were saying, Sean Paul? No, I don't know. I forgot what I was saying. It depends. High tide or low tide? <laughs> well, speaking of beauty pageants, the 69th Miss Universe pageant was actually held on the 16th of May. And Ooh. while Miss Mexico may have won the crown, it was actually quite an interesting competition because of all of the shout-outs to recent political and social issues that are happening around the world. So I'm not sure if many of those listening have seen, but Miss Singapore won quite an incredible dress, a red and white national costume with the hashtag Stop Asian Hate written on it, on her cape. And also Miss Myanmar, who sadly actually lost her costume while it was being shipped for the competition, wore just a 
beaded national costume holding sign that said pray for Myanmar and she won best national costume so I know most of us don't tend to watch pageants I don't really watch pageants but a lot of my family loves to gather around and gossip about Miss Universe so what are some of the national costumes that you thought were pretty incredible what did you think of Miss Singapore's and Miss Myanmar's costumes? I really loved was it Miss Singapore and Miss Myanmar's um, costumes or how they presented themselves because like I know we joked earlier about world peace and stuff and sometimes that's how people view these women they're like not bright and that's the only thing they can respond to with like questions and stuff it's like oh yeah we dream of world peace but they don't get deeper into that however like just them taking a stance on certain issues that are currently happening in the world it's so nice to see that yeah they are here they have a mind of their own and they can take a stance against it yeah I think it's definitely quite a stigma especially because in places like the Philippines pageants are quite popular especially Miss Universe is like a sit-down family event so it's good to sort of see more women or at least diversifying that perception of what being someone who participates in pageants like what they are like and what they care about but yeah JP Aaron what were some of the costumes or some of the moments that you've seen across the internet that you thought was pretty interesting you know I looked through the photos that you gave me of the Miss Universe participants Mm -hmm. and out of all of them I think my favorite one design wise would be Miss Indonesia's one with like the Komodo dragon yeah, yeah, the Komodo dragon, just that. Because, you know, you know, I've noticed with these pageants, uh, a lot of the participants look like peacocks. Yeah. You know, really <laughs> shiny and fluffy and really big, right? But I like how Miss Indonesia's one is just a really drawn-back, subdued, you know, lizard. Wow. It was really simple, really simple, but really detailed. I like that one. I do agree. I do like the ones that aren't as flashy. Like Myanmar's one. Cambodia also had a, a nice one as well, where she was like holding a trident. And then, yeah, Thailand's was interesting. I guess it's a bit more flamboyant out of the minimalistic <laughs> costumes. You don't have a minimalistic costume when it comes to Miss Universe. But yeah, the fish sort of aesthetic is pretty cool too. Yeah, Aaron, what did you think? Is there any that stood out to you? I'm stuck between the, Komo- the snake slash Komodo dragon. Yeah. Or the... The one that looks like she's have a kite behind her. You all pick some like glittery, sparkly ones. And my favorite one's um Miss Nepal. She's just wearing Oh yeah, uh, she's just on a mountain, right? Yeah, she's wearing like a one of those climber suits and she's like standing with like a power pose, almost like an astronaut, and like super happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think the ones that are also a bit different is the was it Malaysia and the house one? <laughs> yes, Malaysia. Yeah. Yeah, they really go all out, but it's pretty interesting what the designers do. They're quite creative. If you've seen this universe or have a favourite national outfit or even a favourite moment from the show, we'd love to know. You can let us know at facebook.com forward slash Asian Pop Nation or on Twitter and Instagram at Asian Pop Nation. That was Insomnia, the Japanese version by Yukika. Before that was Audrey Nuna featuring Saba and their song Top Again. And the first song you heard was Hazes happen now here is a discussion we've all been waiting for to talk about the latest single from the epic boy band themselves bts so let's hear celeste take it away 
Sir, as the only BTS fan apparently here, did you all hear the latest release called Butter? It's like stuck in my head. <laughs> Is it? <laughs> I mean, yeah, normally whenever I heard the song just before like talking, it's the song that's been in my head until I hear something else. Aaron and JP, have you heard the song yet? Watched the music video? I'm listening to, to it in my chat list. <laughs> I'm listening to it in my headphones right now and it's a real bop. Yeah. Damn. It's good. I like it. But uh, why are they all singing in English? I thought they were Korean. <laughs> well, they just wanted to make another English release. So this is their second English release, which is good because now I don't have to like work out what they're saying. <laughs> and, right. and I can sing along. But I find that Butter is a bit hard to sing along with, kind of. Um, oh, that's really? why I was surprised when Zinnia was like, oh, it's super catchy. And I'm like, well, oh, I know this like Butter, like well, I mean, what makes it hard to sing along, Celeste? I don't, I don't know. It's a bit harder. Like in terms of the rhythm, rhythmically? Yeah, the rhythm's a bit choppy. So it's like ah, you can't, you don't really sing. It's just, yeah. So you got to perfectly time how you do yeah. it. Sort of like thing. a dance song more than a sing yeah, song. It's, yeah. it's, got, it's got those pauses, right? Smooth, like butter. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, this is the Aaron. first time I listened to it and it's stuck in my head already. Thank you. Oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, it hasn't yeah. stuck in my head yet, but like, Aaron, <laughs> is it stuck in yours or? It's okay. <laughs> I guess that was kind of my reaction too, because I like, I love BTS, but this song was like, yeah, cool, compared to the others. But I guess Xenia, JP, as people who are new to BTS, this song is like, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's a bop. Oh, it's okay. like Dynamite in that similar kind of <laughs> nice pop vibe. Wait, so Celeste, you're telling me this is their second English release? Yes. Is this a relatively new thing? Like Korean bands or groups just singing in English full on? No, a oh. few other groups have done it. So they might make English versions of their Korean songs or mm-hmm. some just sing in English because they can. So it's not oh, a new right. thing, but it's kind of new for BTS because they've mostly ever sung in Korean. And Dynamite, which came out last year, was the first ever English song oh interesting what's your favorite song by them by the way celeste what's like a good segue into their more korean catalog oh (laughs) i don't know (laughs) (laughs) what got you into bts what song i hate to admit it but fake love originally i hated that song so much and then someone made me sit and watch their live performances and then i ended up loving it so (laughs) yeah what's the phrase there both sides of the same coin, hate and love. <laughs> yeah, it's easy to flip around, you know? <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts on the songs? Like, did you like... I think they tried to do some... What do you call it? Incorporations or something where they tried to reference Michael Jackson, like Smooth Criminal. Ah, and then they had a bit really? of a reference to Queen with the... Was it another one by Dust Beat? Like, it was almost similar. Ah, uh, yeah. The, 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 yeah. Um, oh, they yeah, released... I hear it. I hear yeah, it. Yeah, you hear it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So they released in their teaser this portion of the song where it included something similar to Another One Bites of Dust. And when I heard it, I was like, did they copyright? <laughs> but they didn't because like Queen t- retweeted their song and stuff like that. And they were happy. Yeah. Any other thoughts on the music or music video if you've seen it? I really oh, like, I like the scene where they're dancing in the elevators. It's just like yeah, that. I was about to say that. Yeah. I'm looking at it right now. Dude, it's so sick. Yeah. Does it make you want to dance? Because, oh, yeah, K-pop always 
Yeah, it makes yeah. you want to dance and stuff like that. It makes like you want to dance and wear a suit. Yeah, right. Yeah, um, it always you looks know? so good. Um. Yeah. <laughs> no, it sucks though because none of my suits really fit me. You know. <laughs> yeah, I gotta. I should get some like actually good fitting clothes. Ah. The troubles of watching K-pop. <laughs> yeah, that's how it is, man. They all look so good. Aaron, any other thoughts? I'm still trying to find out what the song was all about. It's about making butter or not. <laughs> I kind of want the song to, to be more about, like, just butter itself. Like, <laughs> I don't know, something just like butter, butter, drips. <laughs> something weird <laughs> like that. I just, but no, the song was just about they use butter as, like, trying to hint at, like, they're smooth like butter. They're hot. And so they melt into your heart, sort of thing. Oh, whoa! Yeah, which is nice, but I wanted something a bit more like I don't know, mature. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little out there. Um, yeah. Do you think you'll ever outgrow them, Celeste? BTS. We'll see on the next album. <laughs> <laughs> They're on the cutting block. <laughs> yeah. I have them in my heart and my favorite thing from the music video was when they like all stand in the form of like writing out the words army, which is so cute. Like so much love. <laughs> is that when yeah. they're like leaning on each other? It's like the there's the A. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, rewatch it again. They're all just smiling at the camera. <laughs> they're in the position of army. So if you all become army, this will be more meaningful. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, enough of me fangirling. Let's play the song now. Let's sidestep right left to this new song called Butter by BTS. You just heard Semalam by Paper featuring Albert and Ralph D. Before that was Charles II's be with you, the confession version. And the first song you heard was Maybe by Daichi Yamamoto. And you've reached the end of our show tonight. Thanks for tuning in. Like always, we always love having you around. You're just another part of the team to us here at Asian Pop Nation. Thanks for listening to Aaron, Celeste, John Paul, and myself, Senya, the EP here at APN. If you liked the show or had anything that you wanted to tell us or any comments, at all you can let us know on facebook instagram or twitter at asian pop nation you probably heard us say it all throughout the night you can also send through your song requests as well if you'd like us to play some too you can also find our podcast versions on apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, spotify wherever you get your podcasts if you miss out on any of our awesome discussions here tonight but in the meantime do check out our show next week as we talk a little bit about game shows, Asian game shows, and play a little few inventive games we made up ourselves. So tune in then. Until next time, this is Senya from APN signing off. But before I do, should probably let you know that the last song we're going to play tonight is by Nair and their song, Autobarn. Barn.